just to follow on from the last uh, podcast, I took it upon myself to watch the uh, Broken Age documentary that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I watched um, all, all 20 episodes this week. crikey okay so yeah it was fascinating it was really good to watch and it it gave me some new sort of found appreciation for the game and it was just it 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 just showed how much effort went into into making that game which i I, it was a real nice window into into that creative process and um like i said the appreciation of the struggles they had to go through to, to sort of release it even though it was through a kickstarter um it it I just liked I liked seeing all of that. It was kind of fascinating. How much of it did you end up watching? I think I've seen probably five or six episodes, okay. um, but I do plan to go through all of it. I, I deliberately not watched it because I thought they would probably go into some of the puzzle design and what have you at some point. I didn't want to get any spoilers for the game. Is, is that the case? Or? Yeah, it's very spoiler-heavy. I mean, I would yeah. say even probably after fa- where you are now, it's already starting to feel like they go into sort of the the... Um, the sky cloud kingdom and that's what they develop first and you see a lot of it you see a lot of the characters and how they've progressed with it i think if i watched it alongside the making of and then played the game i would have probably not i I don't think that would have been the correct way to enjoy it if that makes sense i think it's much better to go back to it after the fact um but yeah it was great and to see sort of the art style come together was was fascinating because they really Mm. honed on uh, one sort of main sort of artist, uh, Nathan Bagel, I, th- I think his his nickname is, and yeah, um, just to see how they went through that process to make sure all the other artists kind of did it in the same sort of style as him, and how they developed all the tools for the game was just great, and it was all three D as well, which I I didn't really pick up on, you know, it was all three D tools but kind of done flat, so yeah, it was yeah. it was great to see, and and some of so the interesting part for me was seeing their sort of their their original concept board and and how there was influences on that and there was um it's really interesting because one of the main influences on there was a picture and it was a picture of um uh, an anime called uh, kiki's delivery service and it's a scene right it's the very first scene of that film and she's sort of on a countryside hill and she's just laying back and sort of the sky the blue skies ahead and she's just sort of admiring sort of the the wind and the sun and I, I thought from the very start when you see the two halves, it reminded yeah. me very much, the, the girl's side reminded me straight away when I saw it, played the game, I thought, that's a lot like Kiki. And to see it, <laughs> like that was kind of how they'd used it as an influence point. I thought it was really, uh, really interesting to, to see that sort of link come out. Yeah, absolutely. But just all of that sort of thing. And, and it was it also, like you said, there was, there was no um, storyline beforehand. It was all mm. in Tim's head. And yeah. It was really fascinating to see how we were sort of feeding that together and that writing process that he was going through um, and how he was sort of doing his freeform writing just to kind of get ideas. And I just thought it was it was kind of interesting which bits were the most important parts for him and how he was very guarded over the ideas at the start because he didn't want too much influence in it mm, um, mm. and he didn't want that feedback yet because it was far too early for him. But... Um, like I say, just a new sort of appreciation for it all. So I just thought I'd just thought I'd mention that at the start. Yeah, no, it's uh, um, it's interesting to hear you've you've got to watch it and you've got through all of it so quickly as well. It must have caught your attention because yeah, I've um I've watched 
yeah, probably a quarter of it, I think. Um, but yeah, I loved what I've seen so far. It's really, really interesting. As you said, you mentioned that the the art style. One of the episodes I saw was where they had their kind of little art jam. They all they all came into the studio because yeah. I think a lot of the artists were working remotely, and um, they all came in and um, just hashed out some ideas and concept art and what have you. And it was really interesting. And just see how some of them were, were quite self deprecating as well and ripping up stuff and being told to get stuff out of the bin and, yeah, and pinned yeah, back yeah. up on the board and what have you. So yeah, yeah. no, it's just really interesting sort of. Um, into the process yeah and and, and, I, yeah. and and trying to get some consistency was interesting later on like i say they wanted a very particular art style so it was interesting how they tried to get everything to fit to that style and it was the similar thing with the music the music was the main themes were done by peter Connolly, but again it was a case that he could only give so much of his time because he was working remote so it was like how do we stretch this music to kind of fit a game because obviously you need quite a lot of music, sort of, in, in, sort of background music in a game. So it's it's interesting to see how they dealt with those sort of problems, really, as the scope of the game kind of seemed to creep up and up and was a much bigger thing than uh, they first anticipated. Um, yeah, and I think in uh, they did split it into two, and they, but they didn't actually ask for money for the second half. So in the end, what what they say at the end, uh, Tim was saying that. Um, they actually pretty much broke even in the end, so uh, okay, they, they, it didn't really make probably make them any money whatsoever. But I think um, they were quite happy with that outcome. It seemed to be because I think there was a lot of points where it was the potential that it could potentially sink the company if they weren't careful. Right. So yeah, yeah, because uh, one of, again, one of the early episodes I saw was the fact that some of the people he wanted working on the team were already committed to other projects and right. did it go into that in much more detail and that he was he was trying to sort of beg still and yeah, borrow from other teams he was always trying to sort of pull people from other teams and then at one point um an, an outside sort of project got cancelled and that really sort of put the pressure on and mm. i think the other things they were doing they were finding other ways of getting more money and budgets for the game so they did like a humble bundle that kind of helped out and then they did a deal in I don't know, somewhere like Korea for a Korean version of something. And then okay. they, they fed that money into the project and then they fed the money from Green Fandango remastered into the project. So <laughs> right. it was kind of like pulling all of their resources into the one game because um, they, they, they obviously felt that it was worthwhile doing because it was, without without publishers being there, it obviously gives them the chance to earn the IP and, and, and profit from it in the future in certain ways. So I think yeah. from that perspective, it was probably worthwhile them doing this. And sort of making it the best game they possibly could in a lot of ways. And and so was that the the main given reason for the for the delay and, and, and splitting it into two halves and just that they wanted to make sure it was right or was, yeah, it, was it more than that? Absolutely yeah. that I think, you know, it was a case of well, we could just finish this, but then it would feel like, you know, a less of a game and they wanted to put that level of polish through the entirety of the game really. Um yeah. and, and it was just the way that game was structured and, and sort of the vision that was played out. And it did go into the fact that, you know, feedback, a lot of feedback from part one ended up informing part two, which they they really sort of um, worked upon. So certain characters they found were popular, so they would use those a lot more in the second half. And obviously, I think we touched upon it as well, a lot of complaints about Puzzles Too Easy in the first part. So there was okay. a lot of puzzle complexity. But they were already planning to do that, is what they were saying. They were already, they wanted the first half to be, you know, this easing. And I think because of the structure of the game, it made sense that the complexity would sort of increase. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, really interesting stuff. Um, and so I think as somebody who's probably a bigger fan of the game than me, you should... Uh, 
definitely uh, get around to uh, watching it. But I do like watching these sort of things. I've watched a series of shorts from 343 um, when they made Halo 5. They've got a set, oh, okay. set as well. And that's really interesting to watch. They they set them up as sprints. So what they have mm. when they develop, they have sort of very short sort of run-ups of two, I think two weeks or a month. And it, it's like they have to deliver this after that point. So that's how they sort of iterate their game and... It was an int- same process in a lot of ways where you would see quite a lot of that iteration and what they would change. And I don't know. It's just I, 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 the the quote within the within the the series of films that sort of always sticks out for me was the fact that it it, it feels like they they are up against it a lot. And I think this is true of a lot of development. And it's it's it always feels like a miracle that any game ever gets completed because <laughs> the, because it's a creative process you see you know there's you have to put a hard stop on creative people and say no that's it stop tinkering sort of thing so, yeah yeah um, i can definitely see how feature creep and scope does change in games and pushes things further down the line than than, uh, than maybe the financial types would 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 sort of like in a lot of senses so. yeah yeah absolutely no I, I wasn't aware of the um the 343 uh, documentaries are they freely available on online then? yeah they're all on youtube as well i, th- there's, yeah. I don't think it's as long i think it might be sort of eight episodes or so but again definitely worth sort of checking out Okay, so I've, I've been playing a fair bit of Earth Defense Force 4.1 on the PlayStation 4 recently. I think I'm right in saying you've you finished this, haven't you? I've finished EDF. Yeah, yeah. I've finished it on PS4 and 360. Okay, yeah. So this is uh, a remaster of EDF 2025. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was released on on Xbox 360 and, and PS3, as you say, what 2014, I think. And this came out on on PlayStation 4 earlier this year. It's the second time I've played a game in this this franchise. So I played um, 2017 on Xbox 360, which I think I'm right saying is like the, the third in the series. Yeah. And this is very much more of the same um, as, as far as I can tell so far. I've played about 30 levels so far, which I think is about a third of the way in. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's about 90 or so levels, single player. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot of levels on this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I say, yeah, it, it feels very much more the same to, to the previous game, but I, I wouldn't really have wanted it any other way. It's it, For anyone who's not played them before, they're essentially kind of playable B-movies. So the, the setup being that the Earth's been invaded by kind of aliens, these huge insects, UFOs, giant robots, etc., kind of roaming, roaming the Earth, and you're part of... Um, kind of a squad of soldiers sent out to to go and wipe them out and restore restore earth to its its former glory i'm playing as the ranger which is kind of the bog standard soldier type which is the same as it was the only option in the, in the previous game i played but there's there's four different kind of types there, in this one is there any reason why you chose him and none of the others or was it i guess just because i was fa- familiar just familiarity yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think so okay um uh i would i would assume the others kind of change things up quite a bit because there's Wing diver, like an aerial type, which I think has been in previous games. If I'm right, yeah. If I'm right to say that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of a support class that can drive vehicles, um, and kind of a heavy. I think it's called called the fencer, fencer. can wield a couple of weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you did you try all the different types then? Um, so on on the 360, I played as ranger, and on the PS4, I played as wing diver. Okay. And I've, like you, I played the previous ones. I played 2017. 
bought that one twice, <laughs> Vita and, P- and and 360. So yeah. I've played a hell of a lot of these. You you right. You're probably right to choose the Ranger because they just play very very differently. But the the, the, the Wing Diver is an interesting character because just because the amount of ground you can cover in very short space of time. I mean, you can literally fly to the top of the highest building in in sort of seconds, which is really right, sort yeah. of freeing and interesting. Um, but um, the other two, I would say, are more for online play. You know, it's four player yeah. online, and you you would probably want to use one of those potentially on those um, um, sort of in in that sort of gameplay. The the thing with EDF though is it is a huge game because there's something like ninety levels of which you can play on five difficulties with four characters, yeah. and it tracks all of those separately. So mm. that's a huge number. And then it tracks them all separately again when you play online. So oh, okay. if you were to play everything, um, we're talking thousands and thousands of uh, times playing it. I would say, yeah. though, the higher difficulty levels in EDF games tend to be um, nigh on impossible uh, yeah. by yourself. It, it, generally speaking, you would have to do those on, in an online setting. And um, I, I, what difficulty are you playing on? Are you playing on normal? Um, just on normal. Yeah, although I did find quite a huge difficulty spike, probably 20 levels in or so. All right. So what I, what I ended up doing was taking some advice I'd seen online, which is to go back and play some of the earlier levels on harder difficulties um, and farm weapons, which yeah. felt a little bit like cheating, but I think it seems to be kind of a tried and tested method with the series. Is that is that something yeah. that you did a lot of? I've, yeah. I've done that a number of times just to just to get some better weapons on, on and because I think some some levels you can tell that they're very short and if they're short and there isn't too many enemies you can really sort of push your luck and kind of um, even go up to maybe the hardest and you'll you'll still survive you know as long as you yeah. don't get hit so um, it's it's not a bad way of doing things and in fact I think that's how I did this playthrough I sort of picked up some decent sort of um, plasma rifle or what have you on a hard yeah. difficulty and then t- tended to just use that for the entire game more or less. Um, well, this is the thing, because now I'm, what, 30, 35 levels in and and because I've gone back and, yeah, I did I did work my way up to hardest on the sort of first two or three levels. So the weapons I got there, it looks like I'm just not going to get anywhere near sort of further down. The, the ones I'm picking up from level 35 or what have you. Yeah are considerably you know weaker than the ones i got earlier on so i suppose it's it's kind of pros and cons to it really I, I, it feels like it's kind of spoiled it a little bit but i i just can't see how i would have got past that that spike i, I hit otherwise yeah I, I think i think you can make the game as easy as hard as you like for yourself because i yeah. suppose the other part of the game is i don't know again how much you played the edf but you can't really tackle the harder difficulty settings until you've played a lot of the game because you need the energy pickups yeah. that kind yeah. of cumulatively um, stack. Because I can't remember how, how much energy you start up with, but I think it might be like 300. And then every mm. single piece of armor took and you pick up adds one to your armor. And I don't know yeah. if there's a cap on that. I think it might go up to the tens of thousands in terms of energy. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of pickups so the game the game is meant to be sort of replayed and i think edf is a it's best when you just kind of zone out and just shoot monsters and watch them yeah. kind of just fly off in 20 different directions in the screen <laughs> yeah uh, yeah with a huge explosion you know um it's dumb fun isn't it i think um yeah absolutely but that really old school sort of feel to it i think um 
the biggest change for me from the old one to the new one in this was the physics. Um, so mm. this one has Havoc physics, and I think it's really noticeable that um, things move a lot better. And actually, when you sort of get attacked, you've got much more ragdoll effects on, on your character. And it does make yeah. a difference because um, the pickups now will move and sort of collide in different directions in a much more satisfying way. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... So with this game and and the previous one on 360 I played, I mean, I think if if you showed it to somebody who'd never heard of the series before and they were just watching you play it, they would probably think, "What on a you know <laughs> why what, what what is it that, that appeals about this?" Because if you take it at face value, you know, there's nothing special going on graphically. It's it's not amazing. The voice acting is is genuinely atrocious, but brilliantly so. It's really it's part of the appeal for me, but really not great. And yeah, I don't know. It's just pretty it looks relatively shoddy from the outside in but if you just embrace all that and take it as you say as a pure kind of action game there's so much to love about it it's it's a really involving game just just blasting horde after horde of giant ant and spider and what have you and kind of firing a missile at a huge ant on the side of a building leveling the building by accident and yeah i don't know there's it i just find myself getting lost in it i'm really really enjoying it and as i say the two minds really there are so many levels as you say 90 odd levels it seems like it could potentially outstay its welcome but the fact that you've got all these different classes to try and there's the online co-op which i haven't touched yet um which will help to freshen it up a little bit i think did you did you take it online yeah a few times but not sort of in any great sort of degree um but when i've tried it there's been sort of plenty of people playing there and it's just it is quite nice there's some really nice little options where you can kind of set sort of what levels of sort of people you want to play with so you don't get somebody who's really overpowered in the team if you don't want that. Okay. So you yeah. can kind of kind of keep a, a nice sort of um, team in sort of reasonable sort of levels in terms of power. And um, it has a really nice um, sort of quick chat mechanic as well with the touchpad. So you, it's kind of like yes. a circular thing on the touchpad. So you can kind of yeah. give thank yous out quite nice and easily, which uh, is, is always nice. It's a bit like Rocket League in that sense, you know, where you can just kind yeah. of quickly give some feedback to other players. So it, it's just a nice game to zone out to. I, I think I think the same as you. I think um, I, I remember my first impressions of EDF way, way back where what is this? This looks rubbish. Where's the fun in this? And that was even after playing it for a bit, but yeah, you need to go in with the right mindset in a lot of senses um, and understand really what they're going for. Um, because there isn't, I don't know if there's much else on the market that's that's sort of like EDF, um, that's just so sort of big and dumb. And, um, um, but, but it has strategy. It does have some level of strategy, but it's, it's kind of minor, I would say. But um, yeah. it's, and it, I don't think the formula is ever going to change. I mean, they've just announced um, EDF five. I don't know if you're aware. Um, yeah, I had seen that. Yeah, and it looks the same game. I mean, I saw the trailer. <laughs> and I was like, "Are they showing the current game or not?" And it's like, "No, this is the new game, isn't it?" So I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm kind of. A, I need to. On one hand, I think I need to stop buying them because I just tend to buy it, and it is yeah. the same, but. I don't know. It's just it's it's a nice game just to have and and just pull out every now and then and just kind of blast basically. Yeah, I think it gets. Um, I find it does get complete. Well, by its nature, you've got these huge swarms of insects. It does get pretty chaotic at times, but it has real moments of spectacle as well. Particularly when I played twenty seventeen on the three sixty for the first time, when the Hectors first turn up, which are these mm. huge, massive, towering robots. 
um, and you take the first one down, it just explodes in the, you know, a, a ridiculously huge explosion. And like, if you see another Hector kind of slowly stride through the fire towards you, like locking its sights on you, I just it's like a a real vivid memory the first time I saw that of being like quite wow, despite the graphics not being you know a- amazing. Um, it was it was a real real moment of spectacle for me. But in terms of the, the chaotic nature of it, like how do you get on with the underground levels? Do do, do you enjoy those as much as the other ones? Um, I, I tend to like the the ones where there's lots and lots of insects. I, th- I think the other thing to tell people is that EDF four point one, I suppose, isn't actually that much different from twenty seventeen. All the same sort of setups are there, like the beach where they come out the yes. water and the tunnels yeah. where there's lots of them, and there's a queen sort of down there. It's that's what I, it, and I never. It feels like they've run out of ideas, but I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if that's just part of the charm of it as well. Um, but no, for me, the levels with sort of lots of spider sort of type creatures um, mm. are the ones that kind of get me the most. Not not the ones with the webs, but sort of the red ant type ones. And I have genuine fear sometimes when you see lots of them coming towards you. And yeah, um, I think that's the, that's the fun I'm playing on sort of the higher difficulties because it's much harder to sort of dispatch of them quickly. And yeah, it, it yeah genuinely fearful when you see them. And I think some of that's to do with the odd animation, which is just so basic and <laughs> otherworldly in some sense. It just it freaks me out a little bit. Um, yeah. I think if, if I'm not an arachnophobe, but if I was, I think uh, I don't think I'd be playing this game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, I, later on, there's, there are bigger versions of some of the same same ones, and I think they're even worse because of because of the animations. You know, yeah. there's something about that 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 movement, the unpredictability of them, that just kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> I was talking, kind of touched on the voice acting earlier on. Um, one of the things that really tickled me was you get this scientist who kind of radios through every now and again, cert- certainly early on. And there's, there's a level. I don't know if it's just the circumstance or whether this happens every time you play the level, but it was real chaos. Like these spiders were, were like eating people alive and they're all screaming. And he suddenly kind of comes all jolly like across the radio going, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've decided I'm going to call these retarious spiders. And he's just like really matter-of-factly... <laughs> jolly while people are getting ripped apart and i don't know whether this stuff is is tongue-in-cheek and um deliberate or whether it's just i don't know whether it's just the translation i don't, I don't know but it's yeah the the some of the um some of the stuff that your kind of team teammates will come out with uh non-sequiturs are, are, are pretty amazing as well and the the song as well i take it you've you've come across the kind of edf song, the EDF as you, as song. You play through. yeah it doesn't happen that often does it but if you with a team of them they'll they'll start singing their little edf song yeah it's cool because the circle kind of slider on the touchpad you were talking about there's the option to sing that the first line of that on there I'm forever trying to get my squad to sing it. And it's only very rarely that they'll they'll sing the next line. But I don't know. I'm assuming online, do people get the chance to like chip in with the I next line on I the? I don't on know that? if that's how that works. I've never I've never really picked up on that. I, I've seen the lyrics there, but I didn't know that's how that worked. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'm a, I'll I'm a, test it, won't I? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's superb. It's superb. There, so there's a load of DLC. I take it you haven't felt the need to to get any of that. Oh, it's like 40, 45 extra missions or something. Absolutely not. But um, yeah. there are there are some people online who sort of play with with the extra levels, and I'm guessing, I think, when you're sort of um, pushing sort of to to kind of maybe complete in inverted commas the game, you, I think those sort of levels I suspect uh, got higher sort of enemy counts. So 
the drops will be high, higher in terms of numbers of drops. So I suspect sure, yeah. um, people are using that basically to farm sort of uh, energy, basically. Oh, it's what I would assume with, with those levels. But I, unless you're really going to take it to the nth degree, I, I, I don't see the needs for those sort of levels, really, to be honest. Yeah. No, in, in terms of the farming as well, did you find yourself doing a huge amount of that? So like leaving one or two enemies at the end and then going around and getting all the pickups you missed earlier on? Or or did you just like take it as it came? I've just taken it as it comes. Yeah. I, I, I think at some point you may have to sort of do that, but I think you could be smart on how you go through the levels. I, I remember on the original sort of 360 version, I did sort of play through normal and then hard and then hardest. Mm. But then by the time you get to Inferno, it, then it's like, well, I'm going to have to farm health in order to stand a chance here, and it just feels like there's there's no point at that time, you know. Um, if, if it was the only game I ever had, then sure, but um, <laughs> I, I really don't have the time to be farming on the EDF, especially yeah. with the four versions that I've already got, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so did, did you have the... Um... Did you say you had the Vita version of um, the previous game? Then? So yeah, I've got the Vita one, um, which which is okay. Um, so the Vita version, what that is, is the 360 2017, but they put the um, the sky the sky character into that. The, I can't remember her name now, but oh yeah. So the flying character on that one. So and she originally appeared in the second EDF game. Um, yeah. And I think I can't remember. I think the first EDF came out on PlayStation One. And I'm not sure about the second game if that came out over here. And it was in a budget sort of range of games. Um, they were called the Simple 2000 series, which were yeah. a real sort of cheap set of games in Japan, um, which I think cost um, 2,000 yen. I think that's why they were called um, 2,000. And, okay, yeah. Um, there was a lot of sort of really cheap games, and EDF was one of those. And for whatever reason, I suppose because it's just... It, it, I think it sparked some imagination in, in a lot of people and it's just become a series based on the fact that it was very popular out of those sort of cheap games. So, um, And development studios sand lots, basically. This is all they ever make. Um, mm. They did make a Wii game um, which was based on a similar concept, but I think it had more dragons and things like that. Okay. But um, that one didn't get released in the West. So that was a Japan, Japanese-only one. And did you play um, Insect Armageddon at all? As far as I know, that was made by a different developer, is that right? Yeah, Insect Armageddon was by an American developer, um, and I, I didn't because because of that. I I thought, mm. um, and and I know, I know a lot of the reviews picked up on the fact that um, it was quite noticeably not the same sort of game. What they tried to do, I think, was um, up the complexity and reduce yeah. the enemy count, which is kind okay. of not in the spirit of an EDF game, I think. An EDF yeah. game is probably developed where they go, okay, we're at 30 frames per second, we've got 20 <laughs> characters on screen. Okay, that's not good enough. We need 40 characters on screen. But yeah. this frame rate will drop. We just need to do it. Okay, we'll do it. You know, And then it drops to like 10 frames per second. It's like, right, now you've got an EDF game. I think that's how they do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'll be I think I'll be disappointed if there's ever an EDF game at sixty frames per second. I'll be saying you're not trying hard enough. Clearly, <laughs> exactly. Drop hundreds more insects on screen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> to save our mother Earth from any alien attack, from vicious giant insects who have once again come back, we'll unleash all our forces. We won't cut them any slack. The EDF deploys.
Our soldiers are prepared for any alien threats. The Navy launches ships, the Air Force sends their jets, and nothing can withstand our fixed bayonets. The EDF deploys. Our forces have now dwindled and we pull back to regroup. The enemy has multiplied and formed a massive group. We'd better beat these bugs before we're all turned to soup. The EDF deploys.